Welcome to Chattachesis. I'm your host, Deacon Matt Hallback, PhD, and I'm also a deacon of the Diocese of Des Moines, Iowa. I'm your host of Chattachesis, a podcast series for clergy that helps them find creative and fresh ways to share the gospel message and promote missionary discipleship. This episode is brought to you by Sadlier's Catechetical Programs, Christ in Us for Kindergarten through 8th Grade, and Cristo en Nosotros, the Spanish bilingual edition for kindergarten through 6th grade. They set the standard for faith formation in today's world. Check them out today at sadlierreligion.com slash CIU and see how their innovative approach is changing the future of catechesis. Today's show is titled An Introduction to the State of Bilingual Catechesis. Uh, maybe you know a lot about bilingual catechesis. Maybe that's not something that you deal with on a regular basis. Either way, we're going to have a lot of great information for, for you, and it's going to come from three wonderful guests, and I'll introduce them briefly, and then we'll just kind of go one by one and have them say a little bit more about themselves. So on today's show, we have Inez Peso, who's our marketing director for religion at Sadler. We have Gerardo Salazar, a national consultant, and Claudio Mora, our bilingual director. So thank you, three of you for being on the show with me. You're wonderful people, and I'm so excited for our listeners to get to meet you. So why don't we just start with Inez. Inez, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you do at Sadlier, and what kind of goals do you hope to accomplish at Sadlier in terms of serving the Hispanic Latino community? Sure. Thanks, Matt. Um, so I'm originally from, I was born in Peru, in Lima. Um, my mother is, is from Chile, and my dad is from Peru. Um, I'm based in the Washington, D.C. metro area. Uh, prior to Sadlier, I worked at Catholic University of America. Um, so I was working there in, in two different areas in, in the School of Engineering and in the Center for Academic and Career Success. Um, so, uh, you know, that was my prior experience to that. I think one of the goals for me personally um, in, in terms of marketing is showcasing our products, but also creating that connection uh, with different communities um, and helping them grow. I think, uh, you know, one thing that sadly our, we want to do is have an overall support of our customers, um, in, including faith formation support, um, like, you know, like this type of show um, and other webinars that we that we offer. Um, I think that's one thing and making that connection, nurturing that relationship with our customers um, and helping formation and growth. Um, I think that's key. Wonderful. Thank you. Welcome to the show. Um, Gerardo, tell us a little bit about yourself and um, what are your goals in terms of serving the Hispanic Latino community? Thank you, Matt. I'm originally from Mexico. I live in California, currently live in Texas. I think the goal is trying to always establish uh, uh, relationships, but relationships of trust. Hispanic Latino communities, as I'm thinking other cultures, are cultures of relationships. But it's certainly that the Hispanic Latinos always look for developing a meta-long-term relationships of trust. Knowing the name of the person, where this person is coming from. And once we have that base, I think the rest is just a matter of sharing faith, sharing other interests. But I think as a bilingual uh, consultant for Salier, that is the main goal to, to continue developing those relationships with the Hispanic Latino community in the United States now. Yeah, Gerardo, I really appreciate you bringing up the, the idea of trust. We're going to get to that a bit later in the show when we talk about some barriers or challenges facing bilingual uh, community. Um, Claudio, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your work at Sadler and what, what do you hope to accomplish or how do you hope to serve the Hispanic Latino communities? 
Great, yes, happy to be here. Um, my name is Claudio Mora and I'm originally from Santiago, Chile. I came to the United States as a lay missionary. So it's a, my story is a little bit different than, than most immigrants that came here to work, I came here to serve the church. Um, I did six years as a lay missionary and then I worked in different positions in parishes and then the Diocese of Dallas and the Archdiocese of Washington. Currently, I'm the director of bilingual catechesis for Sadlier. And in that role, it's, it's very strategic because I am with what, the way that I put it, I am shared by different departments. Um, I am in the, most of the time in editorial overseeing all the, the production that we see of, by the bilingual product products. Um, so I've been involved in the latest development of Christ in Us, Cristo en Nosotros in its bilingual edition. I know the program from the inside, the way that, that we put it. Therefore, um, I also shared some of my time with marketing and sales, promoting the program, training catechists, training parishes on how to use the program. What I wish to accomplish is that more people will get to know what we can do and uh, that they will trust us so we can be become really their partners in ministry, in the, in the catechetical ministry. Well, you heard it again, dear listeners, trust is a big issue that we need to tackle and be aware of. Uh, we need to build bridges. And so we're going to talk more about that here as we get into the main part of the interview. So again, all three of you, welcome to the show. So glad to have you. What I'd like to ask first is just to give us a level set, because again, our listeners are sort of on a spectrum of knowledge about uh, Hispanic Latino communities, bilingual catechesis. Could you just give us um, your best sense or estimate of where are we at in terms of numbers of Hispanic Latino Catholics in the U.S.? Is it growing? Is it shrinking? Is it leveling off? Tell us a little bit about the scope of the Hispanic Latino communities in the U.S. I can speak a little bit about that because I recently did a research for Sadlier on the mm -hmm. state of bilingual catechesis in the United States. Mm -hmm. I spoke to key people in the country, Hoffman Ospino, Alejandro Aguilera, Mar Munoz Vizoso, people who are really involved in Hispanic ministry and know the numbers. Um, all of them say that numbers are definitely growing. Even though the pandemic affected attendance to church, like in many parishes in the world, but that doesn't mean that the numbers are not growing. Uh, Hispanics keep coming to the church. Um, and, and that is, is throughout the country, across the board. Gerardo, Inez, anything to add to that? I mean, I, I would add that, you know, it's it's definitely something like we saw recently um, in the results for the census. You know, I think the Hispanic um, group is is one of the largest growing group and it's quickly growing. Um, it's I, I know that it's been estimated that it will even not be a minority anymore. So, you know, I, it's it's a group that has so much value and so much talent and it's so rich in culture and so diverse. Um, and it's something that we need to I think consider and take account of in, in our Catholic community. Um, and it's it's also something that we need to to continue to always nurture because that's how, you know, going back to the topic of trust, that's how you you continue that, you build that and 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 that lasting relationship uh, is is key, I think, to everyone. Thank you. Uh, let's move on to our next question. Uh, and this might, we might be getting more a little bit into trust here. Uh, um, again, I put it to the group. Uh, what is it about the Catholic faith, in your opinion, that is the most important to Hispanics and Latinos? 
Yeah, things, uh, I think being able to uh, uh, get that sense of community, it, it is very important. Uh, so I remember when we came to the United States, the first thing my mom did is look for the closest parish where, where we lived. Uh, mm -hmm. But I think uh, Catholic faiths, it is important for Spanish Latinos when it really transcends and make a change in our lives, in our families. Because we, we know that when that doesn't happen, uh, anyone, anyone, any one of us may change doctrine or to another denomination. So I think that's, that's crucial. Uh, for instance, in my, in my own family, I think we experience God in this country um, in, in another way. We, we did it in our country of origin, but we had that ex strong experience of faith, um, specifically in California and the United States. So I think that when it comes to Hispanic Latinos, why Catholic faith is so important is because it really makes an impact in our lives, a change in our lives, discovering mm -hmm. that God is really a living God. Amen to that. Uh, Claudio or Ines? I, for me, I, I would add that uh, the Catholic faith is, is, you know, also like, you know, I agree completely with Gerardo that it's in that sense of community. And it also is, is part, it's embedded in a lot of the culture. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's part of our national holidays. It's part of our traditions, um, that richness that we have. So it's, it's in, in a way, part of our identity. Um, mm -hmm. And I think, you know, maintaining that is, is important. Um, and it is true, you know, when my family came, I know my uncle first came, my dad advised him, you know, if, if you can't find this person, go to the church. Mm -hmm. So so that was always something that uh, we leaned back to. You know, it's funny. It's not funny. It's just interesting that you bring that up about sort of religion woven into the fabric of daily life, family life, community life for Hispanics and Latinos. And I think it's that's that used to be the case long time ago for, you know, more Eurocentric cultures, uh, English speaking cultures. Uh, but boy, I, I think we're hard pressed to see that today. I think religion for a lot of English speakers just is something that gets categorized and sort of compartmentalized. Uh, it's it's a part of you know, it has its place uh, within one's week or one's day, uh, but it isn't uh, something that we use, like the faith, we use it to sort of uh, how we see the world, right? How we see one another and how the choices that we make, you know? And so it's, it's a real challenge, the sort of uh, compartmentalization of faith that happens uh, in this Western mentality, and then also Eurocentric Western mentality, and then also just kind of you know, um, faith um, as a like an idea, you know, or, or, or an interesting sort of philosophy. Uh, Claudio, any thoughts? Yes, um, I was thinking that for Hispanic Latino families in the U.S., church is home and home is church. Um, we bring both into each other. There's no separation. Um, what does that mean? A church is the place where we find not only spiritual support, but also where we find our friends, where we find, in most of the times, people find work, you know, connections. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, when when they are out of work, uh, where they go when they when things are get get tough and they need food, they go to the food pantry in the church. Uh, friends, you know, connections. 
-hmm. all that we find in the church. And then mm -hmm. we bring that back home. So the home really becomes the domestic church. Uh, that is the vision that Hispanic Latinos families have of the church. And that is a problem that is becoming more and more relevant when all these huge parishes in Dallas, we have several of them, mm -hmm. huge parishes where people really get lost. Mm -hmm. They want to find that small group, you know, they, for Latinos, smaller groups where they can share their faith and their life mm -hmm. are very important. Yeah, that uh, kind of Latino model of uh, basic ecclesial communities has really taken hold uh, in the Catholic Church in the U.S. And I think more and more parishes are trying to uh, utilize small groups and foster small groups uh, because they see the kind of power there and and the the small knit community connection among those group members and and the dynamics and all of that that it's very encouraging and empowering of one's faith. Um, so thank you uh, again for that great response. Let's go on to another quick question. And, and we're kind of dealing with a couple of things here in this question. Um, one is, you know, we have parishes that have both um, English speaking only uh, members. And then we have some who in the same parish might be bilingual and some who might be Spanish speaking only. So in this one question, we're kind of talking about the barrier of language and how big of a barrier is it to fostering the kind of trust that we're talking about and fostering the kind of cross-cultural community that we all hope for. So that's one thing about well, how, how important is the role of language and all of that and being able to speak each other's language. And the other one is how do we just help uh, churches who do have a cultural uh, diversity like that? How do we help those different cultures engage with each other better? Do you have any ideas about that? Mm -hmm. You know, the, the USCCB has a great resource called Building um, Multicultural Assets in Community. It's a training, a free training that parishes can access and train their ministers because that's where it all begins, training our mm -hmm. own to be open, to be welcome, not just to interaction between the English and Spanish communities, but also to people from other countries who may speak other languages. So mm -hmm. it really talks about the, the diverse church. Um, so that would be, for me, something very important that is necessary, is learning how to interact not only between in English and in Spanish because of the reality of the United States, but also with people from other cultures. Or I think everything starts with the leadership at the parish level, mm -hmm. starting from the pastors, the different leaders, lay leaders, religious leaders at the parish. In having a community, a parish open to the different cultures. Um, yes, sometimes it becomes a barrier, but I would see it that the differences in languages as an opportunity. Mm -hmm. It is not mm -hmm. that easy. It is not that easy, but it's always an opportunity. I think the goal of a parish is to create spaces so every language can feel welcome in that parish. Agreed. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with, with Gerardo and, and Claudio. It's, it's, you know, language I think is, is very important. There's so many different types of languages, so many, we're so rich in, in culture. Um, you know, and, and within also the, the Latino Hispanic community, we have different words that we use for different things. So you know, that, that is also something to, to take in consideration. Um, and, and sometimes I think when it comes to, um, you know, talking to a parent, maybe the parent may not know um, English and then the child may be, you know, more in child, more, more English speaking. Um, so I think, you know, knowing our understanding and being sensitive to um, not just the language, but the culture difference, mm -hmm. I think that's, that's important. 
Yeah. You know, I was just asking you before we started recording, um, uh, how's your Spanish, Dick and Matt? And I loved your answer when you said, I understand a lot more than I can speak. That shows a disposition, that shows an openness. And I think that's the right attitude. I'm sure if you interact with somebody who speaks nothing but Spanish, you will make an effort. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. Because that, it, it, I, I, you, I can tell that that's that's your disposition. I think that's what we need to rescue in the church today. That uh, that um, disposition to be open to welcome somebody who may not speak the same language that I do. Yeah, I, thank you. I, yeah, absolutely. And as a deacon, you know, you want to, you're a person who wants to do ministry and you want to do ministry with and for everyone. So yeah, there's that desire to want to, to learn more and to, and to speak other languages. Um, I, we've, we got about five minutes left and I want to use this last five minutes. This is an episode where we're talking about bilingual catechesis and we've done a lot to set that up. Just talking about relationships and cultural dynamics and and trying to help parishes that are multicultural to to engage a little bit better so let's put the focus square on bilingual catechesis so i'm going to ask each one of you what do you think the biggest challenge is today facing bilingual catechesis what's the biggest challenge out there whether it's for catechists dearies pastors those who are catechized what's the biggest challenge in your mind facing bilingual catechesis today and then what what can we do about that I like to start because there's some, there's one that I'm, I'm struggle, currently struggling with is family catechesis and how to build that into a solid faith formation program in a parish. Um, everybody wants to do family catechesis and because of the, the pandemic, many parishes have been doing family catechesis, even if they didn't want to. The resources are not all there. We need to, first of all, my challenge is to bring our resources in Sadrier, you know, everything that we produce to the level that we can say here, it, this is a quality bilingual resource that you can use as family catechesis. That for me is a challenge. How are we going to respond to this big need in our country of parishes wanting to do family catechesis? Inez or Gerardo? Yeah, I think there's a cultural aspect uh, with Hispanic Latinos that we come from other Central South America, Caribbean countries, Mexico, including that catechesis, at least from where, where I grew up, it was a, a temporary stage of our lives. Mm. You know, we should go to the latrina, the catechesis at, at the parish. We get the sacraments and we just go back to our normal lives. Yeah. Mm. So the first thing when I came to U.S., I heard this term ongoing faith formation, uh, uh, continuous faith formation, continuous yeah. uh, um, and, and that it's a switch for, for us and Hispanic Latinos. And I think when that sense of community is created at the parish level, it's impossible for a Hispanic Latino family to abandon the parish when we have established those connections with our friends, with the different leadership, with the pastor, it's impossible. But with that sense of community is not built in the parish, that pattern is going to continue. We're going to, we're going to say goodbye to the parish when we're done with the sacraments. And that's what we're dealing here. And I think in general, but specifically Spanish Latinos, because we have that, uh, that model, at least in, in some of our countries of origin. Inez, last word. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to add that 
you know, I with Gerardo and with Claudio, that family and that community um, spirit is is so critical for for us for our culture. Um, many of us, you know, when when we're back in our country, our extended family is just our family, like our mother or father or son or daughter, is the same type of unit. Um, so having that, you know, formation for the family, building that and having that community uh, connection in the church is something that will make. It's, it's like a magnet that will draw, you know, our community to the church because it, it makes us fill that hole that we, we gain when we come and we leave our, you know, our home, our native country where we're, mm -hmm. you know, with our cousins and our uncles and everybody. So that's, I think that's the, the, what the church can do, you know, build that formation, build that community, um, that family unit and, and having that is, is key in, in, you know, making us feel like we're, we're still home, you know? I do know. And I really appreciate that. Um, family's important to me uh, as a father of six and a wonderful wife. And I, I, I think uh, that English speakers, you know, only English speakers or whatever uh, people, uh, we, we also feel that strong need to connect uh, with families and other families uh, at the church. And yet it doesn't seem like there's space for that necessarily, or there's, and like you said, uh, Gerardo, it starts with the leadership on down, but creating a, a real family feel at the parish, uh, more welcoming, more inviting, uh, that sort of a thing. So I, I think we're all on the right track. Uh, I really I really appreciate every, but all three of you being on this show. First of all, I wanna thank each one of you uh, for what you do who you are, and for the wisdom that you shared with us today. Uh, we really appreciate it. We're talking about an introduction to bilingual, bilingual catechesis today. Uh, we've been chatting with Ines Peso and Gerardo Salazar and Claudia Mora. Uh, thank you so much again, all three of you. And we will link to a couple of resources that you had mentioned um, in your responses. So uh, that'll be wonderful for our, our listeners. Claudia, would you like to close us out with a prayer? Definitely. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Santo. Amen. Dear Lord, thank you for bringing us together and thank you for the wonderful opportunity to share our experience and our faith process and journey with each other and with our listeners. Be with us as we continue journeying in ministry in bilingual catechesis and guide us so we can continue serving your people. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. This has been another episode of Chattachesis. I'm your host, Deacon Matt Hallback. We'll chat with you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of Chattachesis. Head over to sadlyreligion.com forward slash podcast to hear more. And don't forget to request your sample and trial of Christ in Us and our bilingual edition, Cristo in Nosotros, at sadlyreligion.com forward slash CIU.